Welcome back to another episode of the Done Right Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Mitchell Manley. He is a film student from New York. He's going to give us his story about living in New York, the culture, being a conservative, especially being in the film industry and the art community. Uh, we talk about Second Amendment and self-defense and the state of New York and the future of New York and very much more. Make sure you want to tune into this one. Before we do this, make sure you hit the notification bell and the subscribe button so you get all the episodes exactly when they come out. Help us fight the YouTube shadow ban. And this is the Done Right Podcast. Let's go. All right, Mitchell, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks for coming on in. Of course. Thanks for having me, James. All right. So, Mitchell, for people who who don't know you, kind of tell us about your story. Obviously, you know, you're from New York. You, you're doing film school in New York. Um, what kind of led you to New York? Um, and, and tell us about. Yeah. So I'm actually born and raised here in Arizona. Uh, I moved out to New York City to attend the King's College uh, about three years ago, 2017. I moved out there and decided to attend King's after meeting uh, a group of students who was tabling for King's College at uh, CPAC uh, mm-hmm. out in DC when I was a senior in high school. Um, and at that point, they had you know a little bit of a partnership with Turning Point. They had a scholarship going, so the King's College and Turning Point USA were pretty well known at the time, and I had been involved with Turning Point at that point as a high schooler. So. Uh, yeah, chasing uh, politics, philosophy, and economics, I moved out to New York. Um, along the way, my interests have changed drastically. As you mentioned, I am now uh, majoring in media, culture, and the arts with a concentration in film and you know photography, things like that. So that's definitely got to be a hard subject to be in as a conservative. Right? Yeah, as a conservative, it's... Uh, I mean, living in New York as a conservative is, is an experience unlike any other, I would argue. Um, but yeah, being a student interested in film and and just the art world in general, it, it's hard to be a conservative and uh, feel like you're able to express yourself openly and you know honestly. Absolutely. And so, um, how, were you able to meet like other conservative students? Is that like kind of like a, a silent majority or a silent like population that they have there, or was it just kind of? It's definitely more difficult. I would say it's it's not it's not looked upon in a good light to be a conservative, I guess, as, as like a young person. So coming out, I mean, people know where I stand just because I'm so active on, you know, my Instagram and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So coming into my school as a freshman, I had been told like, you know, people were worried about the things I was posting and things like that. And I didn't really care to be honest. Um, but yeah, like networking with conservatives and like-minded students in a city like New York that is just consistently so liberal is definitely challenging. And you get to a point where you just sort of internalize it and you keep it to yourself. And that's kind of what I had done for like the last two and a half years living out there before, you know, coronavirus and this summer and everything. Mm-hmm. Just kind of internalized that and realized, yeah, okay, like I'm in a liberal city, whatever. But yeah, definitely challenging to meet students. I, I had been able to sort of meet some through social media and like just, you know, in conversation, you kind of hear things that you pick up on. You're like, oh, maybe they kind of think similar to me. But yeah, definitely challenging to to meet like-minded individuals. Absolutely. And so like going out to New York obviously is a definite culture shock um, from Arizona. It feels like a small town after going there. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, obviously right off the bat, you were kind of like, wow, this is just New York's kind of pretty liberal. I mean, it's got some wacky laws. Every time you go to a, a liberal city, they got some wacky laws. Yeah. But over the last couple of years, New York's kind of turned cra- pretty crazy, right? I mean- yeah, definitely. Um, when I first moved there in 2017, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that I would be like afraid to walk around at night or, you know, go somewhere alone. But given the, you know, drastic spike in violent crime that we've seen lately with, you know, New York and their mayors deciding to defund the police practically, I mean, it, it's it's a natural cause and effect relationship. You mm-hmm. you make a change and something's going to happen. And obviously we've we've seen the results of that this summer. Violent crime has had a drastic uptick in New York something that we haven't seen in almost 20 years. I mean, Giuliani spent years cleaning that city up and mm-hmm. de Blasio has basically overwritten all the all the good things that, that he did. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed even in like the last three years since I was living there and, you know, unfortunately moving back. But I remember I moving out of Brooklyn in my apartment, I would open up my citizen crime app and it would just be like constant notifications of, you know, mm. shootings, armed men walking around the block, just complete craziness that, that really wasn't there like two two years ago even. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to see that De Blasio's had where he's cracked down, right? Like, you like what a couple summers ago they were going to crack down on big gulps, and then yeah, and now they they were cracking down on the Jewish community for holding funerals, right? And and just today they I think it came out that he canceled the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which and you're like of the things you're going to crack down on, man. Like people are burning bodegas <laughs> and like assaulting police officers, and you want to stop the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade from happening. I mean, it, it just seems illogical. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. There seems to be a double standard between wholesome events and events that, you know, ultimately have malintention. Absolutely. And I, I think it's funny. I mean, it almost, it's getting to a point where, you know, as a conservative, you don't want to go and be like, these people don't like fun. These people don't like um, joy. But it just seems like this, the liberal agenda right now is that, Trump's economy was doing great. He was going to walk into a second presidency no matter who they put in there. He could have put Obama in there a third yeah. time and or brought FDR back from the dead. Or even bring Hillary back. It's, it really yeah. doesn't matter. You can pick anyone. It's, it seemed like it was going to be like a, a for sure thing. And I, it just seems like they're, you know, the Blasio, Cuomo, all those people, in the, at least in, definitely in the New York left. I would even ups, say the far West Coast with Newsom in California. Newsom I think, and Pelosi. I think they share and, a lot of and, similar traits. And uh, Maxim or Maxine Waters, sorry, um, are obsessed with like just trying to keep things doom and gloom and then go, this is Trump's America. And you're yeah. like, bro, you're in charge here. Like, it's not, for those of you guys who don't know, like, it's not that way in Arizona. No. It's not that way not in Texas. All. We're living peacefully and, and We're happily. going to the store. Everyone says hi to each other. Yeah. Everyone's like, hey, how's it going? Trump 2020? <laughs> like, but it doesn't seem like that. it's that way in New York. And, you know, as a, a normal citizen, like growing up in las vegas obviously it was it was rather liberal but the normal citizen when you talk to them you're like yeah I'm, we love the police right. we love the cops right especially you know what happened to us in october 1st definitely what happened to new york city in 9 11. yes is the normal person in new york pretty like what the hell is going on here or is it it has it run that city that like that crazy it's hard for me to comment on the mind of a typical New Yorker because there are 8 million of them in such a small condensed area. So I don't want to speak on behalf of individual New Yorkers necessarily. However, by and large, I would say, yeah, like the culture there is, is relatively toxic. I mean, you kind of have to, you know, be nervous if you're going to wear something with an American flag outside, just because like, you don't know how people are going to react. I remember one time I was, it was like one of my first days in New York. I had gotten on to the Metro and I was wearing a, a Ronald Reagan t-shirt and some like commuter had said something like, 
talking about the King's College because we have like a house system. And so I'm in the house of Ronald Reagan. And long story short, we're doing like a great race thing. And so they had commented on the fact that King's was a Christian school and simultaneously had Reagan as a namesake. Now, inherently, it doesn't necessarily raise question marks, but for a leftist, it would. And so this person just continued to berate me like, are you going to mm-hmm. take that off? Are you going to not wear that shirt? I'm like, no, I'm not going to take my shirt off. This is for a school event. But yeah, people people can be intolerant if, if they don't like what they see happening. They're going to speak up about it. Definitely. Absolutely. And so, you know, you obviously come back to Arizona. It's been a little bit more freeing for you. Definitely. Uh, is it you? It's a definite uh, change, I guess, in, in culture uh, I, to come out here. I mean, feel free to speak your mind here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first and foremost, I'm glad that I can legally carry a handgun and, and not be arrested for it. I mean, New York City's gun laws, while I recognize a need for them, I think that they are far too overbearing. I mean, the right to, to defend yourself is is in our Constitution and it should not be taken away from any citizen. And, you know, like criminals will end up getting guns regardless. We've seen mm. that all summer in New York. Guns are practically banned in New York City and shootings happen every day. I mean, it, it doesn't take a scientist to tell us why this is happening. I mean, criminals break laws. And yeah, I'm just thankful that I can legally own guns here. And, you know, if worse comes to worse, defend myself. Absolutely. And so I think I would be um, remiss of myself if anybody who follows Mitchell on, on social media, you're a big self-defense site 2A advocate. Definitely. Uh, big, big proponent uh, and arguer for the, the Kyle Rittenhouse case. The Kyle Rittenhouse <laughs> case is, is definitely interesting. Uh, a little close to your heart, right? A little Obviously. closer to my heart. Yeah. Um, I am definitely pro-Kyle acting in self-defense. Now, should he have been there and in Kenosha, Wisconsin with a firearm? That is still, I think, arguably up for debate and up for question. And I'm not necessarily going to comment on that. But uh, given the situation that Kyle found himself in, yeah, I, I do think his actions were ultimately justified. And it's crazy, like, especially like you would think like a like Wisconsin. It's like the Midwest. Right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't have thought that, I don't know, Kenosha, Wisconsin would have been like the height of like the gun argument. I thought that would have been like an open shut case, especially somebody from like a small town of Illinois, what, less than 15 minutes away from Kenosha. Oh, yeah. He was getting his head kicked in with a skateboard. Open shut. Right. But now they're going to charge this poor kid with first degree murder. I agree. I think there's also a sense in which like you shouldn't necessarily put yourself in harm's way. Like, like I consider self-defense to be like a last resort option. And so Kyle very easily could have chosen not to go to Kenosha. He very easily mm-hmm. could have chosen, you know, not to do any of these things. And there are repercussions for your actions. I'm not trying to say that there aren't. But that being said, just because Kyle decided to go to this protest and stand there with a rifle does not give the mob reason to violently attack him and try and kill him, which, you know, it's on video showing that they tried to do this. So, mm-hmm. Again, I, I think it's a, a really challenging case to sort of, you know, one one side fits all. It's, it's hard to kind of pick an argument. But ultimately, I, I do, again, think he's justified. Uh, yeah. And for me, I think it's it's just such a double standard, right? Because, like, we had that armed black militia march through the streets and, like, no one had a problem with it, right? They're going to protect their city. They're going to protect, you know, they want to have their armed protest in front of that monument. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle helps protect a building of his friend and when the police are obviously not doing anything i don't blame them at this point i mean yeah. could you imagine being a police officer no, at this not point at all. like 
it's damned if you do, and damned I, if you don't. And, and I love the liberals who will come back, especially in reference to the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and say, oh, this is exactly the point I'm trying to make. Like, the cops aren't able to do their... It's just like they change the argument based on the situation, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really frustrating, yeah, you're, to see like these double standards come out, both in like the double standards that we have for mass gatherings. Okay, so you can't go to church. It's arguably questionable to go to school, but if you want to go gather with 10,000 people in downtown Brooklyn and protest police brutality, no questions asked. It's it's just completely allowed. And so mm. in the same sense, like the double standards, is they're just always creeping, I feel like, and, and always presenting themselves. And this summer has been eye-opening, I think, for a lot of Americans. I mean, you definitely saw that in New York, too, with Cuomo and de Blasio oh, getting yeah. caught without masks. Oh, Their yeah. Their kids getting caught oh, in, of course. in the protests. Um, you know, a lot of rules for the, not for me. Kind and of. We, we've seen that in Portland too, with the protests coming up to the front door of the Portland mayor and him having to, you know, unfortunately move in Chicago as of well. Yep. Oh, of course. Yeah. Don't protest in front of my house, but go loot downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Mayor Lightfoot is, uh, not my favorite. Obviously someone has never told them this. Hey, be careful what you wish for. Cause you might, you just might get it right. Yeah. So, yeah. so what, one more, uh, you know, kind of thing is now that New York, um, there's a there's a big campaign, um, a media campaign to say that New York is is not dead, right? That everything's fine, and it seems like that CNN article or that CNN video where they have the guy, everything's burning. Yeah, everything's burning, and the guys in the front is like mostly peaceful protests, and the giant warehouse behind him is on, engulfed on fire. Yeah, from a like an insider's perspective, what was like New York left as you were leaving? Was it a ghost town? Um, I didn't go too much into Manhattan as itself. Um, like the island, I stayed more in Brooklyn because I only had a couple days and I was moving out. But yeah, things definitely seem tense. Um, unless you have to be there, I don't necessarily know why you would want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've spoken to with, with my classmates and my colleagues, my former roommates who are living there, you know, like Grand Central Station, a place that we normally see in the movies as being completely packed, is you know, relatively empty and barren and downtown doesn't have nearly as many people as it's used to. So, so yeah, people are moving. People are, are making the decision to leave. And I mean, de Blasio, I think he's, he's definitely partially to blame for it, but just the city itself has, has brought this problem on itself, I think. And for them to sit back and point the finger at Trump all summer long, I think is just hypocritical of them. I mean, now, now we're changing to the winter time. It's like they were only allowing outside dining. Oh, and, what are all and these now th- they're going to open up 25% of restaurants that came yeah, out Yeah, but it was just week. like, uh, you expect people to go outside right. in, in the snow right? or lose a, a bunch more money. Well, and how are servers and people who are working hourly jobs that rely on tips supposed to, to live in New York City when you're making 75% less, or you're dealing with 75% less customers than you were like a year ago? I mean, it really gives you kind of a, a different perspective. If you can make it there, you really can make it I anywhere. mean, yeah, really, especially <laughs> now more than anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just crazy what's happened to that city. And it, it breaks my heart too, because New York is, is like America's city in a sense, like Statue of Liberty's there, the Twin Towers were knocked down there, unfortunately, like it, New York stands and represents America in a very unique way. But I think that the rulers and the leaders of New York act more like tyrants mm-hmm. of foreign dictatorships than they do, you know, senators and mayors and governors of the United States. And so do you think, um, you know, kind of in closing, is there hope for New York? Do you think like you think this is going to be the next conservative renaissance that we kind of saw with Giuliani? Like things had to get so bad again for people to remember what it was like to have a conservative in power over there. Unfortunately, I think I think so. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's at the point where 
the course can't necessarily be corrected and it's going to have to like run its course and fizzle out. And then after that, they're going to be left with the pieces to rebuild. Uh, Giuliani did a lot of good work. And I think that, yeah, ultimately the city is, is going to have a lot of rebuilding to do after this. I know a lot of retailers have just decided to up and leave and they're just not going to come back. And personally, I don't blame them. I mean, that's, that's the mentality that I have right now. Um, but I, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, New York flips red this November and hopefully what happened this summer wakes people up. But, you know, living in a city of 8 million people where 95% or 90% of people think the same way, like it's it's kind of hard to break through that, that like mental mm-hmm. stronghold that's been created over the last how many years New York has voted blue. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to convince a, a population of people that voting differently is going to fix their problems when all they're being told is that party is the problem. Yeah. And I mean, after all the things that we've kind of seen in New York um, bouncing back throughout the years and throughout history, I mean, you have to hope, right? Because what you were saying is it's almost like the heart of America. It represents America. There's so much history in that city. Downtown New York, you have, you know, places where Washington was dining with his soldiers on like the last night of the revolution And, and things like that. Just very, very historic, very american places that i think if we all kind of tapped into and recognized like this common unity of american values new york could benefit a lot from it and new yorkers could as well but new york's a very interesting place awesome and hey mitchell thanks for coming in of course thank you uh, we're kind of running me. low on time so if people want to follow you get yeah. more more information where Check they out, go uh, my instagram at mitchell manley with two y's m-a-n-l-e-y-y yeah, I'm really only active on Instagram. So, and Facebook, you can look me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, he's obviously not going to add random people on there, but you're more than welcome to find him on Facebook. Of course. Um, so, uh, thanks for watching another episode of the Done Right program. Make sure that you hit the notification bell, uh, hit subscribe. Uh, that way, you make sure that you get all the new episodes exactly when they come out. YouTube likes to shadow ban. So, if you don't hit the <laughs> notification bell, obviously, you're never going to hear um, when our notifications come out, especially now that. We're starting to hit that conservative tag. Um, So thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next time.